This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watch Scream 3. Scream 3 is a 2000 American meta slasher film directed by Wes Craven and written by Aaron Kruger. Following the events of the previous two films, Sydney is hibernating in the woods where her whereabouts are unknown to everybody but Dewey. However, after a number of murders that seem to be related to the Woodsboro case take place on the set of Stab 3, Sid comes to Hollywood to find out more about her mother's death and put together the final pieces of the Scream mystery. Garbage. <laughs> Garbage of the highest order. Yeah, sucks heaps. I felt watching this movie like someone had farted in a room and I just walked straight in. And I didn't know that they'd done a big fart, but I quickly found out. I will say this, like, yeah, it, it's it's the weakest of the franchise, having not seen the newest installment, but of the yeah. ones I've seen, it is easily the weakest by a considerable margin. Critic consensus agrees its average is way lower than every other film's average. Yeah. But, um... I just have to say that there's one thing I respect about this film, and that is that in order to make us suspicious of everyone, they make everyone a psycho. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Like, I cannot stand this voice changer technology. Oh, brother, yes. I understand it completely in this franchise when, like, Ghostface has his Ghostface voice right. with a voice changer. Yes. You can't yes. have this... Does this even exist today? Does this exist? Of course not. That you could just have... They, they, at one point, there's a deceased woman's voice yes. as the thing. A woman and it's just like, long you can't dead. do that. That doesn't exist. Exactly right. Like, it's science fiction at that point. You've created, mm. you've just magicked up your own technology. So, literally, he can do Sid's fucking mum? What? No, the woman's been in the, been in the ground for the last 10 years. Oh, yeah, but but we need to establish that there's some great, interesting mystery about... This is... I, I hate it, too, because it builds it builds a mythos that doesn't need... Like, like okay, obviously, to mm. peel it back a bit... This one is the most troubled of the franchise, I believe, in that there was a whole thing where Kevin Williams wasn't Williamson wasn't available for it. The Weinsteins Ugh. were being massive fucks as they are. Fa- I love that every director in Hollywood has a story about how they fucked over the Weinsteins. Mm. Like Bong Joon-ho, I think I've talked about this at length, but Miyazaki has one, Bong Joon-ho mm. has one, GDT has one. There's that great one about how all of the um, the cast of Lord of the Rings, in right. particular McKellen yes, and yeah, Lee, yeah. 
refused to go on set because they had, their Weinstein's had showed up to like fire Peter Jackson. Mm. Like, no, no, just what's that one? Because Weinstein's not involved, is he? Yeah, they were involved earlier on. Yes, and they wanted it to be two movies, and then eventually it got moved over to um, who came in with the goods? New Line Cinema, New Line, right yeah, at the end. Bob Shea. Yeah, I, I yeah. think they bought it off Weinstein. Weinstein might still have like a glorified credit. Yes, the Lord of the Rings thing mm. is that there's one of the orcs, one of like the really ugliest, disgusting orcs, is modelled on Harvey <laughs> Weinstein's face. It's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just great. That's that's where you like you hear that and you're like maybe there is good in the world. <laughs> maybe there is a force for good out there. Mm. But uh, yeah, what, the Weinstein's were pushing to get this one done. Brought in a new writer, Wes. Apparently fought heaps with wanting to change it, and it just gave up. Yeah, I wonder if his his um little like, all right, I'll, I'll, I won't push back on this, mm. but I want a subplot about how the producer is a fucking pervert. Right. Yeah, it's it's funny watching that because you go, I'm sh- like, surely that's Craven being deliberate and being like the producer is. I think he's a rapist within the storyline. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's he's basically a Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. But is it just a Weird Hollywood coincidence. I don't know. Does Wes Craven have big balls like that? I like to think he does. Wes does. It's either that or it's just it was such an ingratiated part of the industry, which it obviously fucking was, as we, we wow, definitely yeah, know that. now. That it's like people like it's kind of sickening after this after the Me Too movement to watch it because you're just like, oh, that's not in any capacity. Like it's way too real that people are like it's almost like sort of saying yeah, to for an actress to want to make their way in the business, of course that's what they'll have to do. Like it's yeah, it's there's gross. There's a lot of reference to like the casting couch situation. Yeah, and stuff like this. yeah. This is a little too flippant. This is like an uncomfortable one. Right. I, that's the thing. I think if it was like really damning of it, yeah, fucking great. But it's not that much. It's just almost like oh yeah, that's the thing that happens, mm. and then off we go. I think that's also its greatest weakness. Is I think it's very much a thing about we're talking about Hollywood and we're making mm. fun of Hollywood and, and and we're being meta about Hollywood. And it's like no, no, no. The strength of the first two is that it was meta about horror movies. Yes, and this one doesn't give a shit about horror movies. Yeah, and also doesn't give a sh- like is the most insane. There are so many characters in this that we are mm. supposed to like. Okay, perfect example. Randy's sister. Oh my god! I don't remember her in any <laughs> no, other film. No. No. Except the Princess Diaries, but <laughs> she she shows up with this like oh I've got this tape of my brother before he died like what the fuck is that oh uh, that okay that was massive backlash from fans who loved the Randy character oh yeah. and they were basically like how can we figure it out like there was a whole yeah. there was a subplot that was going to be his family have hidden him away much like how Sid's in hiding you know to recover from his wounds but they thought that was not believable <laughs> in a <laughs> film where there's a voice changing magic box so they, yeah they just did the video thing he yeah. comes back to give them advice from beyond the grave it's just fucking it's insane and that's that's exactly what it is they just wanted to be like how can we resurrect him and it's still dumb like it works in as much as okay maybe this character because he is so entrenched in horror lore and horror movies would have made a video of like hey if i died here's this video but then the video is just like it's not him being like revenge me or anything. It's like cool. Here are some more horror tropes for you guys to be aware of. Like yeah. it's the dumbest fucking handering piece of shit in this already piece of shit. Like I was livid when I saw Randy's face. And look, I like Randy. I like Jamie Kennedy. Uh, I uh, uh, in the way that like for these movies, happy to watch like, him die. <laughs> I was happy to watch him die. I was happy to watch <sighs> him die. But I also I also respect that he fills a niche within these movies that. That oh, is yeah. satisfying yeah. to yeah. to sort of have. So, but then to do it in the way they did it, I think it's just absolutely bonkers and shit. And then Tom, I want to talk to your point of 
Everyone in this movie is insane. Everyone could be the murderer because of their dumb motives for murdering. Yes. Which, like, yeah, like, it's such a... It makes it feel like, oh, this is a good whodunit because it could be anyone. But actually, no, it's a dumb fucking whodunit because all the evidence should point to one person so that by the end, we get to figure out who it could be. This one, it is a literal roll of the dice who the murderer could be because everyone's yep. fucking insane. Like and, it's And the person it ends up being, oh, you have no evidence that it could have been them. Yes. There was no reason to figure it out. Yes, exactly. Like... How, how the fuck did we know he was her half-brother? Like, there's such a soap opera storyline. I've been watching a lot of murder mystery stuff lately. Yeah. So I came into this being like, oh, I'm going to try and have fun like because I, I want to solve the mystery. I want to pick who the killer is. Yeah. And the last two, slam dunks. Yeah. Yeah, but you literally can't with this because every character you meet is a psycho and your immediate reaction to them is, it's probably them. Right. But can we all agree that the best psycho of them all is Parker Posey? Oh, Her and Warburton. Yes. Patrick Warburton oh, yes. is like the security guard. That combo. Yeah. Look, watching the movie, I was like getting pretty angry because the movie sucks shit. Yeah. It's not until like after, like, just thinking about it a bit more, where I'm trying to find some positives, they are the two shining lights of the oh, film. Yeah. <laughs> Parker right. Posey is fantastic because she's just unhinged the entire time yeah like just she's she comes in at about 25 out of 10 she doesn't dip at any point like yeah she just makes some of the biggest choices yeah but i I do want to mention i have one honorable mention if we're talking about big choices and big performances Mm. there is a moment in this film where i think we probably see some of the best acting i've ever seen it's just a single sequence uh and it requires our man david arquette Oof. To be talking on the phone in a police station and do a double take as Sydney walks in, <laughs> and he fucks it up so beautifully. <laughs> it is. I rewound and I rewatched that. I reckon four times when I rewatched wow. this the other day. Yeah, it's so funny. He's like on the phone. He clocks her and he has to pretend he hasn't seen her. So he kind of like walk looks away, but doesn't convincingly look like he hasn't seen her. <laughs> and then he kind of takes the phone away before he's delivered the line and then he turns back and it's ah oh, can you imagine masterful Wes Craven watching that and just being like I think that's as good as we're gonna get <laughs> <laughs> I love like I said before there was two shining lights uh, yeah. there's there's a third and it is David Arquette and while I do think there are moments in this where he is among some of the worst actors in the world. Mm. He's like a little puppy. He's actually quite <laughs> lovable. Yep. You, you actually, you can't hate him because he's just, I think he's doing everything he can yeah. to succeed. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Like, oh, well, actually, first I want to go back a step because I just want to acknowledge, this is why I love talking to you boys about movies because I had a note that reads, best part of this movie, Patrick Warburton and Parker Posey. Like, I, I'm just so glad that we all honed in on like, oh, thank God there's something fucking redeemable about this movie. But, so the David Arquette, yeah. My other note was that he's just got the dumbest face. And I mean that as a compliment. Like, it's yeah. not even a bad thing. Like, the, the puppy dog thing that you said, Sean, is spot on. Like, he's mm. like, you're just like, oh, you're so dumb, but bless you. Just like, yep. good on you, mate. You're out there trying your best. <laughs> he's he's transcendental, as in he transcends acting and is in another realm entirely. It's just, <laughs> he makes choices in this movie. He It's like he has another, he has a different script. Like mm. everyone is obviously, you know, playing the role to, they're heightening the suspicion of everyone. So yeah. Parker Posey is 
absolutely cooked. To the point where, though, she's so cooked that I'm like, at no mm. point do I think it's her. I'm like, no, nah, there's no way. <laughs> there's no, <laughs> no, no way. Never. But yeah, he's he's got a different script for a different film. I don't know what that film is. I don't think he knows what that film is, yeah. but he's in a different movie. It's yeah, possible man. that that happened. Yeah. Because yeah. I know on some of the screams, they would give the actors like the first half of the script and then to protect the identity of Ghostface, they just wouldn't tell people. And I know for a fact on this third one, the rewrites were so constant that they were getting like new pages mm. every day as they showed up to work. There's even like a line in the movie where one of the actors on Stab is complaining about the fact that they oh, keep yeah. getting new pages, which was purposely met up because, yeah, they kept getting new fucking pages every day. And then as well as Web Craven originally uh, apparently filmed three different endings yeah. to sort of obscure and didn't tell the cast which one. And then, yeah, for the for the writing, which you mentioned as well earlier, Tom. So obviously, yeah, Kevin Williamson wasn't available. Um, he was smashing it with some Dawson's Creek and some Halloween H2O, as well as um, teaching <laughs> Mrs. Tingle, which I love throwing he, that in now, there. To correct me if I'm wrong, though, he did say that he would be available if they just gave him like a bit of time. He was very disappointed. Okay. Yeah. So this is where the Weinsteins came in. Yeah. yeah. So the Weinsteins came and said, nah, we want to make some cash now. Fuck him. Yeah. And so that's when they got this other writer, um, Aaron Kruger, in, mm. who basically, so Kevin Williamson had done the outline. Obviously, this guy invented Scream. I think he knows what the fuck he's doing. And basically, Kruger ignored the outline and was rewriting the script on the fly, like you mentioned, new pages every day and all this sort of stuff. And then apparently even Wes Craven had to rewrite some other parts because the way he was writing the characters was so wrong for these characters, which is like number one writing crime, that Wes Craven's like, oh, I've, I've got to fucking rewrite some of this. Yeah. So it's just like, what a mess. Like, and it shows obviously through the- Carrie movie. Fisher wrote her scene. Did she really? Blah, fucking bless Carrie yeah. Fisher. Like, what is, what is she doing in this movie? I have no idea. <laughs> what a great cameo. The delivery of the line where they're like, you look like, and she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. It is funny when you watch her, right? Yeah. So you, when you watch Carrie Fisher on screen, and then you watch Courtney Cox, it really does become clear that Cox is a pretty shit actor. Thank you, dude. <laughs> yes. Like, again, yeah. I had another note. Can Courtney Cox act? Question mark Because I'm like, I actually don't like... Obviously, the main thing we all know her from is Friends, but she's acting as a sitcom character. She's so big and funny. Like, that's where it, the comedy comes from. And then you're watching her in this being like, you're still that character. Like, mm. you shouldn't be that character. These are high stakes. People are getting murdered. Yeah. And she's just so over the top. Mm. I, I don't think it's her fault, boys. I think it's because she has the worst haircut in the history. Well, of that, and the, that and the outfits. <laughs> that and the husband. Oh, <laughs> boo. Poor, poor David. He's crying oh, David. listening to this somewhere. Well, I, I want to go back to your transcendental line because another thought I had when watching this was like, fuck, does David Arquette sit in the same pantheon as Nicolas Cage? Oh, 100%. Because I cannot figure him out. There's something so watchable about him, but he's also unequivocally bad at times. He's a bit like our other good friend who suffers from this same affliction that we've seen in a few horror movies, uh, Thomas. Um, no, no, not Thomas. Um, fuck, his surname's Thomas. Who's the guy? Thomas Jane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thomas oh, Jane. Thomas okay. Jane, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was going to yeah. say Thomas Hayden Church, who is Sandman in Spider-Man, so that would be wrong. <laughs> Thomas <laughs> Jane has leading man looks, I think, whereas Arquette's an mm. interesting-looking fella. Like, <laughs> yeah. w- was this the height of his stardom? Because I, I read one of my big problems with the movie is I don't think Sydney has an active enough role in it. No. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, and I read that because she, I think, was a big TV star at the time, 
what was she doing? Would have been like party of five or something like that at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Probably. So yeah, they only had yeah. her for twenty days of the shoot. So they that's where all the you know the more rewrites were happening and all sorts of crazy yeah. stuff. So they, it focused more on Arquette and Courtney Cox. This is the thing that blows my mind, right? So that their lead actress wasn't available for large portions of it. Hmm. So they they could have just absolutely waited till they could have got everybody, but they <laughs> were a bunch what? of fucks. So the dumb. scheduling was so tight. In fact, I think I read this. This could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read Courtney Cox was doing Friends and then like doing Scream at the same time. Right. Right, okay. So, yeah, Shit. maybe that her playing the same character is just her struggling <laughs> with the demands. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's such an insane movie. I, I even want to just go back to the first scene with Liev Schreiber, who is a good actor. Easily oh, yeah. probably, like, the best actor in this whole franchise. 100% Cotton? Is that his TV show? 100% Cotton. Yes. Okay, he's <laughs> the best actor within this movie, I think I'm going to say that. Oh, Nev uh, Campbell. No. Oh, Nev uh, Campbell. Parker Posey. Oh, Parker Posey's also. Okay, I take it all back. Maybe not in this film, but as an actor. Like, as Nef an actor. Great. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. David Arquette. Certainly not, great. certainly not David. Take David out of there, thanks. Yes. Anyway, so I want to go back to that opening scene. I like. I was making. I always take a few notes whenever I'm watching a, a Scary Boys movie, just to remind myself. Anyway, like I started taking too many notes from this first scene because there was too much <laughs> madness taking place. Hundred percent cotton. Already mad that he's like a fucking white suit wearing talk show host in California. That's fucking ludicrous. And then he's got two car phones in his phone. One of which has a cord, which. I know was a thing, but it's still absurd to see on screen. Like he puts, <laughs> love it. He's, love he's it. in LA traffic. I mean, even changing the setting is crazy. But anyway, I'll push on. And then the thing that really made me go, oh, fuck, maybe I do love this movie is when uh, the CD player in his apartment gets turned on and Creed starts playing. <laughs> I love that Cotton just had that in the player, ready to go. Ready to go. Oh, yeah. Fucking, you hear Scott, whatever his name's voice, come in and you're like, oh, this movie's off the chain. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> and then actually, sorry, what the final thing for that opening scene is that the girlfriend says on the phone, you know I don't like your stab games, which tells us that Cotton enjoys pretending to be Ghostface with his girlfriend. This is a thing that he does, even though all the trauma that's caused, he likes to play step get Like, that's what we're meant to think, right? Was that your takeaway? Yeah. Yeah, but that reeks, that reeks of a line that they put in and they did not give any thought to. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's crazy. Right. Yeah. That's insanity. That is insanity that someone who's experienced anything even related to this is like, oh, that's a bit of fun with the girlfriend. That's a bit sexy and cool. What? The guy went to jail. Exactly. Exactly, Sean. It's it's crazy. So do you guys know what the original plot for this third film was? No, no. but I'd love to know. Uh, the actor's name, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original Tongue Boy. Oh, Tongue Boy. Tongue Boy was going to be the oh. main antagonist. They were going to bring him oh, my days. He was going to be coordinating a series of high school students getting killed at school from prison. <laughs> like Charlie Manson, the family yes. style. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. And then then they had to scrap it because of the, the Columbine oh, school shooting. Fuck. So suddenly they were like, we don't want to do anything to do with like schools or anything like that. It's just, does, it's not right. But yeah, for ages, that Shit. was what they were going to do. That, I mean, yeah. it's still crazy, but in a way that is that more mm. suits Scream. Like ultimately that was my main issue with this with this movie was that it, it obviously removes the setting of Scream straight away, which I think is is ludicrous. Like, obviously, we had the college in the second one. But that's close enough to the high school setting of the first one that, it, yeah, it plays really well. Where Hollywood, I just think that's such a terrible setting for these movies. And like you said, Tom, it's just like, obviously, they're just like, oh, let's be meta about Hollywood. But it's not meant to be meta about Hollywood. It's meant to be meta about horror movies and then mm. even its own movies in particular. Yeah, but I, I think one of the only things I did like 
was Sydney going back into like set recreations of yeah, her yeah, house, cool. yeah, that yeah. recreation of the first film. That was kind of cool, but like by that point, you're just so yeah, mentally yeah. checked out from the movie that it doesn't really matter. Well, I will also say I liked that we found her sort of isolated. She's obviously got locking the doors, locking the gate. She's helping other women who have been in crisis. Like all that to me played really well. Like someone, I'm guessing that's Kevin Williamson's additions there because it's like, oh, this fits the character. It fits her experience. Um, but then, yeah, because we lost her for the most part of the movie, she wasn't there. Like, I actually thought, shit, maybe she's not coming into the end part of this movie. Maybe she's like a more absent element all the way through. Yeah. So, like, it started really strong with her, but then it just fell apart. And, like, even the dreams with her mum and that yeah, sort of shit. Just weird. Yeah. Who's that? Who's Dempsey plays He's the, the de- detective? He yeah. is the guiltiest mm. detective in the fucking world. Oh, mate. But, Tom, every character's fucking guilty, so it's insane. But with Dempsey... He feels like he should mm. be the killer more than anyone else. Yeah. It should be him. Well, him and the the girl who's playing... Yes, Sydney. Sydney in the thing, because as, we, as you guys probably know, but she was originally meant to be the second killer in this, and then for some reason they scrapped it, even though I think yeah. that's not bad. That works. Yeah. This is like how shambolic the scripting of this guy. Mm. They got to a point where they're like, oh, Dempsey's detective. He's just kind of like just completely disappeared from the third act. Fuck. What do we do with him? And then so they brought him back in right at the end, basically. And they also, I think, shot like three different endings with him. Yeah, right. Just in case they didn't know, like, is he going to be perfectly healthy? Is he going to have lost an arm? Stuff like that. Madness. They just had no idea. It's just constant rewriting. I don't know how you can do this. And then it ends with them all watching a movie together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love her door blows open. (laughs) Mm. Go and shut your door. (laughs) Like, what the hell? Didn't Before that, didn't it show that she didn't lock the gate either? Because the whole thing is like, oh, I'm over it now. Everything's fine. This is her arc, yeah. You've left your door open and your gate open and your dog's going to run away. (laughs) Disgraceful by her. She's not a responsible Mm. pet owner. You might have grown as a character, but think of the dog. It's interesting to watch this now knowing that there are five movies in this franchise, but this movie Mm. is like very determined to be like, this is the end of the trilogy, the Scream trilogy. It's funny to watch it now in hindsight. (laughs) And no, there's two more. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. All right, boys. Were we scared? No. 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 Not at all. This is a lot sillier even in just terms of... I think the Columbine thing played a part on censorship. Mm, mm. So even like the murders aren't probably as brutal as the previous two films. No, it's really missing some some gore. Like you think of that opening scene in the first one. That is genuinely horrific and and like for me at least hard to watch. We didn't even get close to that. Like, yeah, it felt even goofy. Like it felt goofy. Yeah. And obviously the screen movies have an element of goof, but like they pair that goofiness with some actual proper slasher scares. 
in a way that to me makes heightens those scares because all of a sudden we're like, oh, I'm in safe goofy land one moment and then it goes to, oh, fuck, that was actually pretty intense. Yeah. Then it kind of p- takes me off edge. Where for this movie, because it was lacking that element, yeah, I was never on it. Like I was just eye rolling and watching Arquette's face and just wondering at it. Yeah. And, and yeah, couldn't find fear inside me at any point. No. In the previous two, isn't it? Isn't that that thing of like it's the goofy bumping into things, tripping over, but then when something does mm. happen, it's like, oh, all of a sudden someone gets stabbed 15 times and it's graphic yeah, and exactly. fucked, whereas this is just yeah. like, it would almost be like a PG-13 fucking movie in America. Right. Like, it felt really sanitized. Yeah, it did. You're right. Yeah. yeah. The only scares they try to give you are the ones of the dreams with the mum. <laughs> we know they're dreams, so they have no stakes. Yeah. The ghost face is so wildly, like, in, it feels like with the other two films, which, again, sometimes Scaredy Boys delivers us franchises that I love, mm. and Scream is one of them. Mm-hmm. So, the, the first two, there's at least probability that these two killers worked together. Like, you know, we're talking about in the first one, you can almost tell when one is Tongue Boy and one is the boyfriend. Like, you can <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can see the difference between Skeet and, and Lillard. Right? And mm. in the second one, you're like, all right, so this is when it was Oliphant and this is when it was um, Laurie Metcalf. Like, you can see when the two are happening. Yeah. In this one, when was he doing this shit? Yeah. There's that whole scene where he's terrorizing people and then we they run to the studio and he's already there yeah, yeah. at the studio yeah, fighting yeah. with the producer. There's no logic, Tom. This is what happens when you rewrite a movie as you are making the movie. Right. Because yeah. again, oh. that, that was meant to be um, Angelina, the one who was playing Sydney, Because she was meant to be the second killer, there was a number of times where she was meant to have done X, Y, or Z. Ah, uh, okay. And that explains it. And so, yeah, you're right. He's basically teleported to places, which... Hey, he's got a voice-changing box. Why doesn't he have a teleportation machine as well? Like, this is how... This movie just doesn't care about itself at all. Also, the idea that he became a big enough filmmaker to be given stab three (laughs) so that he could enact his revenge. Yeah. I'm going to enact my revenge on my mum by becoming a filmmaker and make a movie about her so I can kill her daughter. Right. All the other ones, this is going to sound cooked. All the other ones make sense. No, it doesn't sound cooked at all. This is a franchise line. Yeah. yeah. This is, yeah. It really, it really is. (laughs) All right. Well, let me ask this next question because I feel like this could be a whole episode to itself. Did the characters act wisely or foolishly? No, (laughs) No. but I wonder, how can you? Everyone's a psycho. Yeah. You can't trust anyone. You can't do anything. It's fucked. If I'm giving out medals for stupidity in this film, the gold medal I'm giving to is the actor who blows himself up in the house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just bring the note back outside. Yeah. After you've printed it out, bring it back outside. Don't go into the kitchen. Like, again... Ghostface is an idiot too. What yeah. an elaborate plan. I needed someone to use a lighter in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, this movie is really lacking in, in making you invest in characters mm. because it's clear that it's just you watch that guy gets blown up yeah. and you're just like, you're waiting for him to die because you're like, you're a fuckwit. Yes. Whereas it's like, if you like the character, it generates fear. There's yeah. no fear in this at all. It's just kind of like, all right, hurry up and kill him and then get to the next killing and then I can get on with my life because this movie's over. That's it. Like the, only, like the only characters we like are the ones we know that live because obviously four and five exist. Hmm. And then they obviously try to, because Dempsey lives that I guess they're trying to be like, no, he was likable, nice guy. But because they made him so sus, I was like, well, I'm not going to invest emotionally in this dude. Even when he shows up at the house, it feels like he's about to shoot yeah. Sydney. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just don't know. And if he had, I wouldn't have blinked an eye because that's how dumb this fucking movie was. Like, hmm. yeah. I would just been like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not, bro? Fucking do it. Oh, such a dumb movie. Um, and I even found myself wishing there was a point in the movie where Dewey's tied up and they ripped the duct tape off his face. And... 
fuck me, all I wanted, like, what would have made this, this would have gained another star for me in this movie, is if when they did that, they ripped that dumb little mustache off his face, <laughs> which would have been like, that would have been a total scary movie shtick, but I would have loved to see it in this piece of shit movie. I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah. I, I also think um, in terms of characters actually why is the awful literally. I have a question, boys. Okay. And that is, so so Dewey isn't a cop anymore in this movie. Mm. Um, he's a consultant for Hollywood. Yep. Uh, he has, so Sid is obviously in witness protection. The only people who know are Dewey and her dad. Mm-hmm. The FBI are like, we want to get in touch with Sidney Prescott. You reckon if someone's in witness protection, that the cop- the people who do the witness protection are the FBI? <laughs> Question, Tom. Yes. Do they ever say she's in witness protection? My take. No, no, no. I always just thought it was her just being like, I'm going to go somewhere and no one's going to know where I live. So here's the thing, though. If I'm the FBI, <laughs> I reckon I can find Sidney Prescott pretty easily. I mean, voice-changing technology exists in this world, so I think they can find Sydney. Yeah. If old mate, if Ghostface can get her phone number, then the fucking cops can. Mm. Uh, yeah. Surely. Surely. Anyway. Also, Parker Posey, she's so great. Her death feels so unfair. <laughs> because... You think, like, I, I would have loved her death would have been better, more unfair, but better mm. if Arquette had have shot her. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, as he's shooting out the mirror, it's like, why are you starting there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the last thing that I want to point out, it's not even really wisely or foolishly, but it's just this movie being fucking dumb again. And to- like, such a so- soap opera tone with this movie was at the end when her brothers tried to kill her and then she's killed her brother and then they have this like super operatic music playing and she reaches out and she holds his hand as he's dying. And you're just like, who the fuck is that for? Do you think we give a fuck about this guy? Like, yeah. do you think any any audience member is watching this going, oh, good, they reconnected right at the end? Yeah, it's not heat. What do they think they're making? <laughs> yeah, this is it. Like, that's it. It literally feels like they'd be like, oh, it worked in heat. Let's just do that. Like, no, Heat fucking set that up for two and a half hours. There's no scene where Sydney sits down with the ghost face and is like, I'm going to kill you. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> they're, they're having dinner and she's like, if you keep doing what you're doing, I'm yeah. going to have yeah. to put you down. Exactly. You do what you got to do, I do exactly. what I got to do. None of There's it. There's none of that. I, I will say, I Would think one of my favourite things, though, and this is not related to acting wisely or foolishly, but I've just remembered it because we're talking about the voice changer thing. Mm. I love ghost face voice. I think it is my favourite horror trope <laughs> okay. ever. Just yeah. the fact that he's so angry at people when he rings them, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like... It doesn't start angry. No. But he only takes three seconds to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to respect yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what, who's this? What the fuck do you mean, who this? Mate, you're an anonymous ghost killer, man. Like, <laughs> he, he's, he's like he forgets that he has all the power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we say he as if it's the same guy right. every time. It's not. <laughs> no. Well, it's the same voice actor, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, I just, I love the voice. But, yeah, Ghostface is stupid. Dewey is stupid. Courtney Cox is stupid. Yeah. Can't Sydney remember what she does, it. to be honest. What does Courtney do? She decides to go full psycho as well, to, to be like, I'm going to cash in on another, despite the fact that in the second one, she's like kind of repenting mm. for turning Sydney's life into a film franchise. Yeah. Like the whole, that whole bit when he's like, you need to leave. Um, she's like, I'm just here to help. And he's like, I don't have a camera on me or whatever. And he just mm. points at the bag. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, I forget you bought this for me. And it's like, wait, so he bought that so you could hide a camera in it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she has no, no morals. No. Really. And then like even there, like him giving 
her the ring at the end of this movie. Like, what? It's dumb. In her own book. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Him conceding that he's like, this might not work, but let's give it a try. It's like, that man is setting up to be divorced in like eight years, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. All right. How would we do? Which is like the du- I'm already annoyed just asking it. that question because who the fuck knows? This movie's too dumb to even like yeah. know where to start. So you reckon we nail Whatever it? Whatever we would do, the movie would come up with some dumb bullshit way to get one over us. Right. What do you do? Okay. I feel like we could outsmart Ghostface in this because he's an idiot. Okay. <laughs> I just think if we if we like put enough clues together, mm. if we actually approach this logically and properly, I don't even know. I don't know necessarily how because Sean's right. It might throw something psycho at us. Right. I think we just solve it. Like I think we're like, yeah, it's not our ghost <laughs> mum because ghost mum is a ghost. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Look, yeah, I don't think we're going to fall for the ghost mum bullshit. Um, I did have a thought that, like, I love that across this franchise, Dewey takes some hits. Like, in this one, he's off the he's off the police force. He's limping around, like, like all, all over the place. I think we just need to use Dewey as a human shield and just fucking rush him. <laughs> Dewey will survive because yeah. that's what he does. He'll take some hits. Ghostface is just a guy. Yeah. There's not two of them. He's just a yeah. dude. Exactly right. We got him. Beautiful. Dewey can take the hits for us and then we'll just knock him down. Like, whatever. Can we get our hands on the voice changer and call him back and trick him that it's someone else? Oh, that's oh, actually yes. pretty good. Like, we can we can use Sydney's voice, draw him somewhere yeah. for like a meeting or whatever, and then there's three of us ambush, kill him. Just, yeah. Yeah, why not? Again, this is like, this is where for this movie I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, that that works in the world of this movie, that we could just pull some shit like that. Hmm. If he got a voice changing box, we can get a voice changing box. Why not? Yeah. Hmm. We're the host of a podcast called 100% Cop. <laughs> we work together to bring down... I, I also think that what we do to save the day in real life is we beat the shit out of the Weinstein so that Kevin Williamson can write this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. and give fucking Neve Campbell a bit more screen time. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We get Dawson's Creek cancelled somehow. Um, we kidnap... Who's What's his name? Who's the guy from Dawson's Creek? Who's the lead guy? James oh, Vanderbilt. Yeah. We kidnap yeah, him. Yeah. So the production shuts down. Williamson's got some time. How did he not be in a Scream film, by the way? Right. Yeah, I guess I guess it, it, if any, he would have been in this one, right? But I guess yeah. with no Williamson, they weren't going to- Williamson was the creator and showrunner of Vampire Diaries as well, which didn't that run for like 10 years yeah, or no, something? I saw this that. guy's had a huge mm, career. He's mm. prolific, yeah. Good on him. Fuck Good Weinstein. Dude. Yeah. And like it also just shows that without him- the thing, the whole thing falls mm. apart. Big time. Yeah. It must be satisfying for him to watch this and be like, yeah, you need me. I listened to an interview with him and I think he said that he hasn't watched it. Good move. I wish I hadn't fucking watched it. Yeah. Because for him, it would it would hurt too much sort of thing. Yeah. He was just so invested in it and thought like he had a contract to write. Right. It, and they, Weinstein's dogged him as they have done to many, many people. Yeah. Did Wes just, you reckon Wes just rang him every day and was like, Kev, kill me. It's fucked. <laughs> I miss you, babe. Yeah. I miss you so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And if you scary listeners have any comments about this episode or would like to say hi, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay scared, everyone. Does Wes Craven have big balls like that? I like to think he does. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.